Start talking? Shoot, dude. And this is the, ooh, that was a crackle, crackleaka. This is the uh, Recovered AF podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm a co-host. Now Kyle says something. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling it tonight. Hey, yeah. Uh, uh, did you did you even name the podcast? Yeah, I said it's Recovered okay, AF. I wasn't listening AF to AF stands for as fuck. Can't okay. you tell? I wasn't Look listening me. to you. Look how peace and serene I am. I'm so recovered. Yeah, you are. I'm on top of my game. All right, so um, I'm crackling too. Hey, uh, we are not affiliated in any way with any 12-step. Can uh, I get some pre-production one time? Holy cow, dude. <laughs> Um, I'm not affiliate. We are not affiliated. This podcast isn't with any 12 step organization. Uh, those organizations don't have spokespeople or representatives. Uh, we say this at every single podcast. So if you listen at all, you kind of know the deal. Yeah. So go ahead, Aaron. What? Introduce our guest. Sure, dude. Okay. We have a guest today. His name is Gust. And so like, if you, if you do listen to the podcast, you may have heard me talk about, um, trying to get sober once when I was 20 and, um, just going to, just going to meetings and, and trying to just do that and not, and not, um, you know, having a very good time of it and, uh, not being recovered. And, um, I met a handful of people in that time in sobriety and, uh, and I, I, I met a lot of people. I met a handful that are still sober actually. And uh, our guest today is one of those people. And after I'd had that brief stint in the 12 step program and then gone back out, I actually worked with Gust as well. And, um, I showed up to work a lot late and, um, hung over <laughs> and still drunk. And, this fucking guy was not sympathetic to my plight. <laughs> he was such an asshole. That is awesome. Yeah, he was. He had no sympathy for me. So, uh, with that intro, what's up, what's up, Gust? Good grasshopper. It's good to be here, oh, Kyle. Yeah, it's good right. to see you, bud. Yeah, I forgot I had awesome. a nickname, Grasshopper. Yeah, way that's back, a good one, Grasshopper. Dude. He was the awesome. youngest. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, and you know what that's like, right? Oh, I do absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You uh, so I guess. You were like what six and a half, seven when you hit your first twelve step meeting? Or a no? little bit, yeah, sixteen. Sixteen. A couple months before my seventeenth birthday, uh, I got uh, sober through three different spin dry programs and finally a twelve step program. Wow! And um, that was not here, right? That was back that, in. <clears throat> excuse me. That was outside of Oakland, California. Okay. A place called Antioch. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was born and raised. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one thing I was going to say is you also, because we're not affiliated, we can talk about whatever we want. Mm-hmm. You are the director for the Alano Club that's going on here in town, right? Yeah. And yep. you, this ties into early sobriety. You had yeah, some early, fond experiences of Alano yeah, Clubs, in, right? Yeah, uh, early uh, recovery, we started Alano Club back home in uh, 1988, mm-hmm. 88 or 89, I believe it was. Wow. And we were on the construction side of that and the board was on the financial side of that and yeah. and uh, since I've been here since 91 I've been wanting to start one and it's never too late and that's where we're at now we opened up April 15th hell yeah that's awesome yeah man. that's awesome yeah. so um what like I'm thinking of me at 16 um I think I would have related to what was going on in in 12-step rooms because I've I mean, but I don't know. What was the driving force for you at 16, almost 17, for you to be like, I, I need to do something fucking different with my life? Because that's, that's pretty early. I mean, people yeah. generally have to get the right. living mm-hmm. hell kicked out of them for decades. Right. So what was the driving force for uh, you? Uh, you know, it was the streets, being on the streets a lot, man. You know, where I'm from, 
Um, and, and actually any addicted teenager or, you know, drinking teenager, you know, who goes a little too far will find themselves on the streets no matter what city you're in. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, you know, I was playing with some ball players that weren't, you know, um, walking the right side of life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that kind of escalated the uh, venture into recovery. What really uh, got me off the street and into recovery uh, in the beginning was uh, somebody was looking for me. And so uh, my mom, she was like, you know, there's a treatment center that will take you. I was like, get me there, you know, <laughs> get me there, get me off the streets, you know. And, and there I was. And it was uh, the Walnut Creek Psychiatric Hospital. And this was a real mental facility, you know, and I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just coming down. Right. You know, I was not crazy, man. And th- these people were legit, mm-hmm. you know, robes and saying, Kermy, 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 you know. Wow. And there was an adolescent ward and an adult ward. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we would coexist sometimes. And it was, like, scary. Oh, I bet. It was freaky. Yeah. You know, I was like, no, I'm going to go back to using drugs because I want out of here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, one, one flew over the Cuckoo's Nest style. Right. Like, yeah. Wow. Insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then you said that was like, what, 88, 89, somewhere in there? What, when no, was it? the Alana Club in Antioch was at that time. Oh. This was uh, April of 1985. Oh, okay. So that was 85. Yeah. Um, so, and then the other thing I've heard you talk about is that you were not a very, you were not a very honest person when you got here. Like, even though that you weren't doing drugs and you weren't and drinking anymore, you weren't exactly the um, model of spiritually principled living. No, not at all. No. And, and there was a group of people that pulled me aside in some of the 12 step meetings and says, this is how you're going to act. And this is how you're going to talk. And this is how you're going to treat people. And these are the doors that you're going to open for us. And when we go to coffee after the meetings and we go have eats, you're going to sit after we sit, you know, and it was just pretty, I was, you know, I was the next oldest person was probably like 30. That was old for me yeah. you know, when I was 16. You know, I mean, that was old, you know, but you know, thank God for those people. They, you know, and I had a, I had a bad experience with, 12-step programs right out the very beginning. Like I said, when I was in that nut hut, you know, uh, they had a a 12-step program, a cocaine anonymous meeting there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're, if you're on this certain time there, you can go. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And they should open the meeting and anybody got something to share. And I'm like raising my hand. Nobody would call on me. Nobody would call on me. I was like, well, screw this, man. You know? So Mm -hmm. when I got to, you know, the rooms, I was, uh, I still had that, I had like a resentment. But I didn't know what that's what it was. Yeah. You know, I just had an attitude towards it, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, they would say, you know, if you want what we have, and you do what we do. Well, I mean, I was from the street. You know, what I heard is what I said, and what I seen is what I did, right? You know, but I only did half that, you know. What I heard is what I said. What I seen is not what I was doing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I was faking it a lot, you know. I was dying. I was just going to ask, so what, what was the... What was the thing? Because eventually, you know, you you got through the work and you got some relief and everything. Like, how how long did you just go through, like faking it or you know repeating the things or whatever it was that you were doing? How how was how long was it before you eventually got into the work and like had that life changing experience that we have? It was about four and a half years. Really? Yeah, I was sober about four and a half years. You know, I I think. One of the problems that people come into the rooms is they, 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 they come into the rooms, you know, and you hear people say, you know, do 90 meetings, 90 days, get a sponsor, work the steps or die, motherfucker, you know, stuff like that, you know, so they go to all these meetings and that's, that's, they just have meeting recovery. That's it. You know, they don't, they don't 
go through the steps and I wasn't going through the steps right and I wasn't getting my own you know spiritual experience I wasn't getting none of that I still even didn't even know about you know the doctor's opinion and having that phenomenal craving and that's what makes me you know alcoholic I didn't have none of that knowledge uh, people talked about God and I tuned them out right away mm-hmm. period end of story you know and but what happened with me and I think it happens to a lot of people is that you know, when you when you come in, you're not you're not living that certain way of life. So you you know the things around you start to become a little better. Mm-hmm. They're not as chaotic, and you mistake that for recovery. Yeah. You know, and so then that that thing becomes okay. You know, and so it's like, well, I don't really need to crack a book open. I don't really need to work the steps. You know, right. I feel good. Right. You know, well, I felt good nine different times, you know, nine different relapses between April of 85 and November of 85, oh, yeah. wow. you know, until that last one, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that last spiritual, you know, thing that happened to me was, man, I made the conscious decision to drink after four and a half years, but I said, I'm going to go to this, uh, speaker meeting because there was a lot of chicks there, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and this was a big speaker meeting yeah. in the Bay area. And uh, I got there and this lady was from LA telling her story. You know, and it just, it just touched me. You know, it struck me. And I didn't go to the dance afterwards. I just went all the way back, knocked on this guy's door, doom, 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 you know. And all I knew about him was he knew the big book, mm-hmm. honestly, you know. And uh, he invited me in. We had coffee, and away I went. And I, I think your story is where you went through the book with, like, a, an old-school dictionary too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. every time you got to a word or something you didn't understand, you cracked that Right. 1939 edition out or whatever, right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, I didn't even... I thought the word resentment meant that I was pissed off at people. Mm-hmm. I really did, you know. Um, I didn't know what resentment meant. I didn't know what a lot of words meant. I didn't know what in- incomprehensible demoralization meant. I didn't know. I just knew it was something bad, you know. Right. I, and, and I, <laughs> But I didn't ask either. Right. You know, because I figured I knew. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I'm talking all this nonsense in meetings, you know, and people are just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, here comes Gus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so started going through the work with that guy. Uh, was that a quick turnaround? Did that take a good amount of time to get through the 12 steps? Or No, it was a quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, we did the first three there. I went home, wrote my fifth, my four step out, went mm-hmm. back the next day, and we did the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and eighth step. Right yeah. there, it was done. Yeah, and I started making amends right then and there. That's so, awesome. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I had to. You know? <laughs> you know, it says go home and shut up, Gus, for an hour. If you read the book I read, right. you know, it says shut up, Gus, for one hour and think about what you've just done. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did. And I remember it to this day. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I had a not four years, but around. Uh, four, four and a half months, a similar experience where I was just like, I'm, I'm doomed, man. And like immediately propelled through the work. Like I, even that little amount of time and just not drinking life kind of got a little better, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden shit got real again. And it was like, I'm, I'm doomed. I got nothing. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know, so, you know, you don't have anything to grasp onto when you're not doing anything. Yeah. You know, and the only thing that made you feel good the last time was drinking and drugging. Exactly. You know, and that's what you go back to. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the last time I relapsed, I was on my way to a meeting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was like a candlelight meeting. It was 1030 at night. And I was walking. A buddy picked me up. Where are you going? Down to the meeting. Get in. I was stoned, you know, three blocks later, Mm -hmm. drunk, stealing cars and getting in fights, you know. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I had that experience um, too. Like with that that time, you know, when I met you, when I was sober for those, it was like eight months, I think. But um, I was supposed to. I was starting like a young people's group and mm. where and I was like at the clubhouse and that's what I was gonna do and I spearheaded this thing and like the night before I was supposed to kick it off, um, I was supposed to go to a meeting with a guy on the town over from us and suddenly the thought came into my head that I should see what my buddies are up to. And, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I wonder what those guys are doing. Right. It's gonna that, be more fun. <laughs> yeah. That that was it, man. All of the rest of those responsibilities and everything I had and all the commitments I had. <laughs> I did that twice. Mm-hmm. Bailed on a commitment through drink. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh anyway. So uh what moved you to Wyoming? Were you straight from California over here, or had, did you have? Yeah, I yeah. went straight from uh, Northern California straight to Cheyenne. I have a. Uh, this is where my 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 father was born, and so there was family here, okay. you know. And I moved here in '89 once on a geographical cure, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And and I was like, well, you know, this place is pretty cool. And I stayed here for about eight months, and then I went back to California. Mm-hmm. But then I came back in '91, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really like this town. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, uh, when, what was, I've always curious about that. What was recovery like here at that time period? Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I was full of, well, you know, this is not how we do it in California. Well, they're like, well, we'll go back. (laughs) Right. You know, (laughs) that's awesome. So why don't you go back to California, California, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was, you know, there is a lot of good groups around town here, you know, even today, you know, and, and back in 91 when I came back and and it was part of the reason why I did come back. Yeah. You know, there was like a certain bond here that developed that you didn't, I at least I didn't experience there, you know. And at the time, you know, um, I figured there was a better bond here with the people, you know. And when I was gone for that year or year and a half or whatever, you know, uh, the friends that I did make here were like, hey, man, why don't you come back, you know, visit or come back and move, you know. And, yeah. and, and that's what I did, but... You know, later in years, you know, I realized that my bond that I had with the people that, you know, helped me into this program was a lot strong, you know, a lot stronger. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize it. I thought, so I was just in Stockton. You ever hang out much in Stockton when you live back there? <laughs> no. Okay. Stockton's a shithole. <laughs> it really is. Sorry, people in Stockton. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Peace. <laughs> All my wife's family. It's cool, though. Don't worry about it. That's she'll, awesome. right. she'll never hear this. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet. <laughs> uh, it was hot. I'll say that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we went kayaking in Lodi. Yeah, that was interesting. Oh, yeah, Lodi's cool. Yeah, it was all right. They have a bunch of they have a bunch of vineyards there now, and a bunch of wineries and stuff. And oh wow! Like it's the, the new. Well, they just they they're trying to sell it as the new Napa Valley. I don't know if it oh. is or not, but uh, I don't know. Winery tours aren't going to do much for me. No. Yeah. yeah, back in like '85 and '86 and '88, Lodi was just like a Denny's in a high school. Yeah, and there was a <laughs> meeting in the gym at the high school. Oh really? Yeah, a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous, and we would go there on like Tuesdays or Thursday nights. You wow. know. Just just to support it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, you, you said, uh, you said, talked about going to an NA meeting. And like, for me, I got hung up, especially this last time around, because all my early stage stuff, like when I knew you the first time was all just all around alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, and I just alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. And then um, like, you know, a year into Amber and I's marriage, um, 
you know, I didn't come home one too many nights and, you know, you she told me to hit the road and <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be divorced. And I, I, honestly, at that time, I didn't even think that alcohol might be the problem because I had had the experience of when I was 20 and I was getting in trouble. And I, when I had gone to AA and I was like, that I, I have a job, I go to it every day. We have a house. I don't even So like the idea that alcohol might have even been a problem didn't even occur to me. But I did stumble upon opiates right around that time too. And then that was a lot easier to, you know, um, I didn't do the things I did when I was on alcohol and opiates. And so I sort of made that switch over to opiates. And then like all my late stage stuff came around that. So I really struggled to identify and, and find a place where I really belong. But I really fell in love with the big book, you know, and that's how, you know, that other fellowship that I got started. But I'm wondering if you've had any of that, if you've had any problem with that throughout your years, um, identifying or feeling that if you belong in one fellowship or the other, knowing that you've gone to several. Have you ever had any problem with that? Or is so it just me I've in only, my own head? Uh, no. I mean, each person's individual experience is different, you yeah. know. Uh, for the record, I, I've only been to other, one other Cocaine Anonymous meeting, you know, since that <laughs> nut hut time, you know. Right. Yeah. Not off of resentment, it's just availability, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And uh, they use the big book also. Yeah. And... Uh, Narcotics Anonymous, the basic text, and the people that were in NA back in my town, there was, I was like member number eight or nine. I think okay. it was member number eight. Wow. And so those people were the ones that were my foundation into recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, and back then, you know, uh, in some parts of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, some addicts weren't welcome if there were closed meetings, you know, but that's not what they were saying, right? They're saying, if it's a closed meeting, introduce yourself as this, you know, and talk as this, the, you know, singleness of purpose. Right. Well, I never grasped that, you know, not then, you know, for sure. Hmm. And there were more people my my age uh, in, uh, in the NA fellowship, you know, out near Oakland or Sacramento or San Francisco, you know, and that's what I gravitated towards, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when I moved here, the uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings uh, and the fellowship here is what grabbed me, you know, um, and how strong it is, you know, and and that's where I've stayed, yeah. and that's where I, you know, I choose to work my my program. That's where I found like the best relief. That's where I found like the best relation, you know. Um, it's where I've found God, you know. It's where it's it's all given me what I have today. Absolutely, you know, is is out of that big book. You know, it, it describes Gus. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we agnostics. You know, the doctor's opinion, all that. It it it's identical to me. You yeah. Know? Uh, one thing I. Uh like every time what before we really met but we I I'd been to meetings that you were at one thing I was really drawn to was you were always out of the book you're just very you're very knowledgeable in, in our literature you're very experienced in it you're well versed in it is that accurate i mean like is that just a a main focus for you i yeah. mean i don't really tr- drift outside of the big book either but like right. i know early recovery i'm just like this dude fucking <laughs> he's got it man he knows everything he knows the book he knows the literature he's talking about you know like what it, what came from that just lots of experience working with others or what uh lots of experience not working at myself yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know i mean to be honest with you right. you know and 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 working with others you know 
I was kind of a, like a hot commodity, you know, being in California, being so young and all these young people flooding into the fellowship, you know, and, oh, I and I was sponsoring a lot of people, you know, and hey, man, I'd crack open the book and read a couple lines and go into a meeting and talk about it like I knew what I was talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That was part of what drove me to that, you know, decision at four and a half years mm-hmm. to either get right with God or get out, you mm-hmm. know, and thank God I chose to get right with God, yeah. you know, and, uh, no, today, you know, it's, it's, they said it would always happen, you know, so the best way I can explain it is that the principles, you know, of our program is embedded, you know, and, and it's just how we live our life, you know, and also, I mean, through repetition, you know, you read and you read and you read and you do and you do and you do. And so, you know, you know, right. and it's not that I'm a scholar, you know, or anything, yeah. I'm not, you know, I've heard people talk about the elite. I'm not an elite, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time that I was, you know, I would use the principles out of um, um, spite maybe, mm-hmm. you know, but not love. You know, you got to use our principles out of love. Mm-hmm. And, and with working with others, that, that, you know, also applies to working with others in sponsorship, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you then when you, so you had said you got that quick turnaround with that sponsor that finally took you through the book, um, did he also then at the same time, did you start sponsoring people right away or did he impress that upon you or was it like, um, like figure out how to do this for a minute or like, yeah, what? I figured out how to do it for a minute and then I moved out here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, actually I went down to Southern California and went to school and then, uh, from the time that I came back, um, from uh, Wyoming and California, I went to school. And then that's when I came back after I graduated from school. I came back out here. And, I mean, I was I was working, going to school. I wasn't really having time. I was in a new city, you know, mm-hmm. so I wasn't really known. So people weren't really asking, you know, to sponsor you, you know, or right. whatever. But, uh, but I always I kept that sponsor until I moved out to here, you know, to Cheyenne. Hmm. What's it like today? You're, you're, you're at the club a lot, right? I mean, yeah. being the person behind it, I'm sure you wanted to succeed. And then, right. you know, I don't know what the... It doesn't matter what the volunteer situation has looked like, but you're there a lot, right? Do you go to a lot of the meetings there and stuff? Uh, I or, I do if I'm not, you know, behind the counter. Or you're more uh, you're more behind the making sure it's running kind of thing rather than involved in the actual activities going on inside of it. Both, yeah. Okay. We're all still trying to find our way right now. You know, I mean, we're all everybody, all seven of us, you know, are doing what it takes, and we have a few strong volunteers that are, you know, doing what it takes and. Mm-hmm. By but I, I do go to the meetings there, too, oh, at times, okay. but I still attend my home group, yeah. I was just wondering if – is that so your home group is some uh, has a meeting at the Alano Club then? We started another oh, okay. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was just wondering if you get hit up now then a lot, too, since you're, since you're around a lot, or uh, – because I think sometimes what happens when somebody becomes, like, super recovered is what I've seen is, like, they're doing so well that sometimes the new person doesn't necessarily – uh, relate to that person so right. much, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just wondering if you've had any of that experience or if they're still like yeah, hitting I mean, you up or no, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't sponsor a whole lot of people, yeah. you know, and, and, um, I have two right now, you know, and both of them are new into the program, 90 days. Um, one's in a treatment facility, the one's out, another one's out and, you know, he's doing well. Um, no, you know, I, I put my hand up too, you know, yeah, you know, I'm available for sponsorship, you know, but I got requirements, you know, and some don't, you know, mm-hmm. some don't want to, that's my assumption, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, if you ask me to sponsor you, I'm going to tell you, this is what we're going to have to do right now, and this is what we're going to have to do 
in about 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and that that's that, you know, and a lot of people don't like that, you know, um, it is what it is, really, yeah. you know. Um, I was more wanted a sponsor that, um, yeah, especially when I was first into the thing that wasn't really going to require anything <laughs> right. and would allow yeah. me to go to a meeting and say whatever I wanted. And that was a lot of like, um, I, it's, it's, sometimes it's embarrassing to think back at the shit that probably came out of my mouth, but it was probably just a lot of hypothesizing about what I thought and not so much on the experience side of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sponsor hopped a lot early on because, you know, the requirements, you know, it's like, yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. No. Yeah. I did a four step in treatment. I'm good. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I have that experience. Too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now they told me to go to 90 of these center the bench in meetings and I've been to at least a hundred of them. So I think I'm doing <laughs> right. it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. Right. Uh, so what, um, what drove you to, be a part of the original Alano club that you first started? Like, cause I understand after having a good experience why you would want another one here, mm -hmm. but what was like your original fellowship? Yeah. Is yeah. Fellowship. Having okay. a place for people to go, you know, during the day, you mm -hmm. know, and even at night, you know, yeah. Uh, um, being able to go work with others instead of sitting in a restaurant in a corner, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and someone's like bawling, you know, and that kind of, you know, thing. Um, and, um, and having meetings in one place, you mm -hmm. know, that and uh, and seeing our people, yeah. you know, the fellowship we crave, right? You know, and, right. and building that, you know, in yeah. that city was, wow, it was an experience, man. It was an emotional experience afterwards, you know. I was, bet. Yeah. Yeah. And then one thing uh, that I think that you, you've always done, and my most of my interactions with you are around the Alano Club, um, you've been very diligent and cautious to abide by those traditions that are going on in 12-step worlds. Um, where's your experience with that stuff come from? Like the traditions and that is just, just experience again, or did you do some sort of work on those or I, uh, we, we operate off of bylaws mm -hmm. and yeah, I was oh, thinking like not impeding on. Oh, okay. Like no. So we rent rooms to 12 step groups and, and we also rent rooms to, we have a couple uh, groups that are not 12 step groups that, that meet there. Mm -hmm. And that's our relationship between club and group is you, you know, you, you pay this much and that's our relationship to that extent. We don't, we don't get involved in any of the programs, uh, anything, yeah. you know, we just rent rooms. We provide meeting space for sure. So, so people like with 12 step groups, they're looking for a place to meet can rent a room at Correct. the Alano Club right. and rent, just basically rent a meeting space is what they're doing. Yep. They're okay. renting a meeting space. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And we have a uh, two, uh, two non 12 step groups that meet there. They're both like a, um, like a meditation group, a mm -hmm. Dharma group and another, uh, heart of recovery type kind of group. Meditation group is what it is. Yeah. And they're not 12 step programs. That's cool. I was gonna. You're. Um, we we say people's names if they've been on the podcast before, and so your wife Charlene has been on the <laughs> podcast, and um, she had talked to us. I don't know if she wanted if she talked to us about the on the podcast about it or off. So I don't want to be too in detail, but basically she expressed that you've always been a very um, loving and patient uh, partner to her, even when she's you know through through all her ups and downs, basically. And um, you know, one thing I ask you know. Kyle and Megan talked about her anytime we have couples on this is like, I'm wondering what that's like trying to keep um, separate from what she, like if you can see 
that she is or isn't doing something where you have to put on like the spouse hat and just be loving and listening and where you have to put on the the 12 step hat and say, Hey, when was the last time you, you know, whatever wrote inventory or when was the last time you, you know, did a 10 step. And like, I'm wondering what that's like trying to find, uh, trying to find that line for you and your, I used to think that was a real thin line, but it's not, no, no, it's not, you know, um, and I learned that the hard way, not, not, not with her, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but uh, with, with like um, just people in general in the program, you can't make anybody do anything that they don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know. And as far as, you know, like our marriage, yeah, you know, husband, wife, you know, we have our marriage and we both, each individual has their program, you know, and that's the thing. We're both individuals, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you make God the sole, the sole purpose, then those two things will come together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't tell her to call her sponsor. I don't tell her you might need a meeting. I don't say none of that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's up to each individual to learn there and get their own experience, you know, and, you know, and I love her to death, but she has to take her knocks too. And for me as well, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't tell me, Hey, you know, um, maybe you need to do this. You know, I, I still learn today, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, when I'm like, like the cat on the ceiling, then I'll call my sponsor, you know, or get together with somebody or, you know, go do something, you know, and, yeah. but we don't, uh, we don't impress each other's programs on each other, you know? Yeah. Not, not, not a whole lot actually. Yeah. yeah. I've figured that out too, that they're really, not that close, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Out, right. of, out of doing it wrong, like overstepping my that line and, and doing yeah. it incorrectly and just kind of understanding like, oh, yeah. Because I think for me, like it comes from a place of caring. Like I don't want to see Megan get her knocks. You know, I don't want to see ha- her have a tough go, but it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really have the power to stop that from happening. Right. Like, I just have to be able to be there and, and love her anyways or whatever, you yeah, know? Like, absolutely. And, ju- and like just let her do her thing Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Like a lot of the times she's just letting me figure shit out right? and being like, yeah, you'll be okay. And you know, it's, uh, I used to think that it was going to be this hard process, but it's, it's really not. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, I, and I believe, you know, if two people have a program, it's not, it's not as complicated as it may be, you know, and, um, you know, I'm not a relationship <clears throat> expert, you know, but I've had a couple. I've been married two and a half times, right? So, you know, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. and, you know, my first wife wasn't in the program at all, you know, or nothing yeah. like that, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, the second one was so short, it didn't even count. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I grew up watching people in the program and how they functioned with their spouses and things like that, you know. And mm-hmm. and so I just try to practice that, you mm-hmm. know. Um and it, it, it works. It really does. You know, you just have, it's like a sponsee, you know, or whatever, you know, you just have to let them live their life, you know, and let them be and they'll figure it out on their own. Absolutely. You know? yeah. I listened to the podcast that Shirley and yeah. she talked, uh, you know, uh, so I want to, my side of the whole story is I waited my year. <laughs> right. I waited for the year. Yeah. That's all. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I waited one year. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Um, do you have a question? Shoot. Uh, I don't really have one. I was just <laughs> going to follow up on that. I just, cause, um, like the first time that they're uh, not the first, I, I've had so many tries at sobriety. It's hard to keep track of them all. <laughs> but the, you know, the one where I was, um, and when I got sober in 2012 and Amber, you know, was really supportive and she also had a, you know, a 12 step, you know, program for family members and stuff like that. And, um, and then this time around when I got sober, uh, 
she was like, hey, I'm not going to do that again, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's, you know, whatever, you know, it's again on you. And I guess, you know, I like to ask that question, but, you know, upon reflecting on my own experience, it's easy to understand that, you know, whether or not I think that that program may be beneficial to her or whether it won't be, it's not really for me to say, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, if I'm sure if at some point Amber had said, hey, why don't you try that 12 state 12 step thing again, I would have told her to get back now no no way those fucking crazy people am i gonna go back and hang out with them anymore (laughs) right so you know it's i guess you know it's a yeah you know i asked that question but then looking back at my own experience whatever she does is whatever she does and if someday she feels that that's probably something she wants to go back and explore again i'll support her and if if she never does i'm absolutely okay with that too you know for sure anyway yeah yeah um i I don't want to put you on the spot, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure our fr- the first time I ever crossed paths with you was at a meeting, and you were telling this story, and I could I was I was like this is fucking awesome, but you were talking about <laughs> yeah. I think you were talking about you fucking you were kind of losing your shit, and you like kicked a table or did something like that. Do you remember that at all? Oh, uh, I remember kicking a table. I think you like put your foot through I it, put and my then you were like, that. "Son of a bitch!" Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this yeah was I like last in... week or no? no. This, was, <laughs> this was I don't know when it was for him, but uh, I remember him and I crossing paths, and I was just like, "I fucking love yeah. here and stuff like yeah, this. man." Like, I just I come unglued one yeah. time, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I just like spun out, yeah, you know, and it lasted like. 3.5 seconds mm-hmm. and for some reason I like stood up and stomped this square uh, oak wood coffee table yeah. and put my foot right through it and then I pulled my foot out and I was like well I'm gonna clean this up now and <laughs> yeah. I just started picking up the pieces and took it out back you know and broke it up put it in the trash and went back in and sat down I was like well that was stupid yeah you and know <laughs> I just remember you tying that to like what happens if you're not actively working a program yeah because you know? that coffee table would have been picked up and thrown through to the wall yeah. and then it would have hit something and that would have got thrown and busted you yeah know? yeah I was a I was a blackout fighter or a raged fighter when I was a teenager. I would like see red and then I would I came I came to one time hitting a gas pump. Oh my. I was in the middle of a fist fight at a gas pump. Yeah. Yeah. And I and when it was all said and done, I was punching this this gas pump. I was like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing? <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. anger was uh that was something I had to get under control. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole flash thing. Yeah. The whole flash, you know. And, right. Yeah. Uh Thinking about that, like anger and stuff, do you do anything outside of 12-step work on that, or did that just kind of straighten itself out as you worked yeah, yourself through the that program? that straightened itself out, yeah. you know, cool. you know, through uh, working the program, yeah. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I like the four-step prayer, you know, save me from being angry, I'm dealing with a sick person, you know, and, and you know, that counts for me too, you know, and, and it's kind of a lifesaver there, you know, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Yeah, you know, really. yeah. It's one of the hardest ones for me to implement because in it? the moment I'm just fucking fuming and right. it's like, oh yeah, I know what I should do. Yeah, yeah. you know, what kicked my ass was, you know, after all, didn't we set the ball rolling ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, making decisions based on self, you know, which later place you in a position to be heard. I'm like, 
what? Come on, man. (laughs) Who wrote this book, man? This is like Gus, you know? Right. (laughs) True that. So I had to stop doing those things. (laughs) You know? I was just going to say, the worst part of that prayer is the end of it when it says, not only does we have to say, God save us from being angry, you know, perhaps, but then at the end, we have to say, how can I help this person? I'm like, what? This is the son of a bitch. First, I'm not supposed to be angry. Now I'm supposed to go help this person. (laughs) I could have remembered that today. I I told a truck driver to get fucked today. I I don't think I said that. I drove up next to him. He pulled out in front of me. He didn't know he pulled out in front of me. Blew a stop sign. Pulled out in front of me. So I crossed over a double yellow to get up next to him and scream, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) This was today. Yeah, this was today. Oh, boy. You had a day, Marty. So just so you know, when we talk about being recovered, I'm saying like the obsession to drink and to do drugs is no longer there. I am not not a saint. (laughs) But uh, I didn't even feel bad about that. I ran over a snake later in the day and felt much worse about that. That bothered me for quite some time. That's wild. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it. That's what happened. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so how long have you? How long have you and uh, how long have you and Charlene been married? Like uh, six years. Oh, really? As of May. Yeah. yeah, I remember you guys were just yeah. getting married when I got um, sober the last time. You guys were right. just getting yeah. married because we because well, Charlene was part of that old home group that yeah that yep. we had had mm. that book study group. Mm. Um, and so you guys, but you guys have. Each have kids, but they're each from a previous marriage. You guys are like the recovery Brady Bunch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I have three kids, yeah. uh, 31, 23, and 19. And, and wow, she has three kids, 16, 14, and 12. Yours are really spaced out, man. I know, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How's that, though? It's good. It's good, The man. family meshed up pretty well and yeah. everything like that. We're blessed, man. I, uh, You know, even, I say it all the time. I've, I've been so blessed with the turnout of my kids, man. I'm just like, you know, for one, they've never seen me drink or use. Mm. You know, I can't say that about their mom, you know, but um, they've never seen me. And, and they used to all, they all grew up going to meetings with me when they were little, yeah. you know, in the smoke filled rooms, you know, yeah. oh geez, <laughs> poor kids. Yeah. That's the only thing I feel bad about, right. you know, yeah. but uh, you know, they've, they've turned out well. And then, and, and Charlene's three, you know, I've been with them for nine years going on nine years now, you know, and, and man, they, uh, they're a blessing as well. You know, we're lucky. Yeah. It's really, something's going to happen. Something's, you know, going to bust or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just remember when we went sledding and uh, we went sledding as part of a fellowship thing up at Happy Jack. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I just remember um, Charlene's daughter, um, I don't know if she was on the tube or if she was walking across. She there was, was walking across. Yeah, that's yes. what it was. Yes. And some kid went barreling down <laughs> in a tube and they made contact. Oh, and no. It was like a pile of snow and then just boots oh, and gloves flying out in every direction. <laughs> People were coming. It was absolute impact. And I was like, there's no way. I don't I don't understand how it, they just don't park an ambulance on that hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many kids taken out <laughs> that yeah, whole afternoon. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a she was tough. Place. She was just like, she yep. got up, she dealt with it, and yeah, went back, went. stood over there by the fire where we had the fire going. Yeah, so yeah it was cool. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty good day. Yeah, That's it was. Awesome. It was fun. Uh, I was going to ask, have you been through the steps again since that time? Oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you do that regularly, or what's that practice look like for you? Uh, not regularly, just no, kind of when needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know when you work with others, you you know basically you go through the steps yeah. as well again. You know, and, and all the familiar familiarities. You know, and mm-hmm. um, I think the last time that I personally went through the steps totally myself was a oh. 
08, mm-hmm. oh, oh 09 maybe. Yeah. Maybe even, yeah, oh 09 I believe is what it was. Yeah. You know, oh, that's 10 years ago, huh? Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that anybody's judging here. No. <laughs> yeah. We don't judge. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, what's that? Is that inventory look similar to what an, an early one looks like, or is it much no, different? It's it's much different. Yeah, you know. In fact, you probably could have taken my my first inventory and threw it away, and made me do another one. <laughs> yeah. You know, which right. sometimes I surprise sponsees with that. Right. Like, okay, oh, let's look to throw it away to start over. Try again. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. at the top, honest and thorough. Yeah. You know? um, today, you know, I don't have a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, what I do have though is principles, you know, mm-hmm. certain principles and, and in employment, you know, people that I have to work with you yeah. know, and things like that, you know, that's pretty much what it's all about. Um, I don't have any, any disturbing stuff going on anymore. Right. You know? And it's, it's, it's nice. It really is. And my life is mellow. My <laughs> life is plain. Yeah. <laughs> plain for, for 12 step program. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no chaoticness anymore. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that, you know, and it's, it, it's nice, you know, it's like I've reached a point where, you know, it's, it's God, you know, has just totally rest his hand on me or her hand or its hand or whatever, yeah. you know, and we're just doing this thing called life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really, it feels really good. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You got um, anything? Um, yeah, I was just going to ask about service, but like that Alano Club thing is just, I mean, that's just a big ball of a, like probably a 30 hour a week service commitment, <laughs> but like prior to that, and I was going to set this up. So what some of the people that listen aren't, aren't in, aren't familiar with what, how the 12 step realm works, but, um, we, we have to have, um, a loosely organized business side in order to like pay rent. We have to have a treasurer and we have to have a secretary and there's like, you know, some informal business that we have to take care of and people that participate in that structure, that's the service structure. And I was just wondering, like, have you, had you had um, much experience in the service structure of the 12 step programs prior to this Alano club thing that like prepare that help prepare you for that? Because I imagine, you know, with that, um, there's a lot of give and take that goes on with some starting something like the Alano yeah. club, because it's not just you, there's a board mm-hmm. and there's people contributing and it's not, you just can't run roughshod over people and expect something like that to succeed. There has to be a lot of, you know, compromise and hearing other people and taking other people's suggestions and maybe being willing to let go. So I'm wondering if you had like service um, experience prior to that in your all of your years that helped prepare you for that or yeah that's exactly is that uh, what it was that that's exactly it that's the nail on the head right there you know I've been in um, I mean I haven't been on an area level as far as uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, Narcotics Anonymous yes you know back back home I was um, but here in, in recent times you know uh, or I recent times 20 years you know right. 20 years later you know it's you know GSR secretary chair of the meeting treasurer you know mm-hmm. things like that not much at a area you know yeah, level yeah. go to district do your thing you know and and that and but that you know that 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 spirit of principled living you know in in the 12 steps and 12 traditions and 12 concepts is what you know, when you develop a set of bylaws, you know, for your 501c3, you know, they have to be legit, right? You know, and so, and that's what took the longest, you know, that took the longest to develop those and, 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 
and to submit those. And they have to be, um, they have to be for everyone. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, it's a membership based, you know, everybody's welcome, but you know, a membership help keeps the doors open and stuff, but anybody can be a member, you know, mm-hmm. as long as they have the spirit of recovery, you know, um, they can become a member. So you have to have, a, a, um, something written like that, you know, and the bylaws, they're, they're kind of like, I mean, for lack of better terms, traditions, you know, for like us who practice those, you know, mm-hmm. that's what they are, you know, for like me, you know, uh, that's what we operate the club by, you know, and it was, it was difficult to come up with those. And we spent hours upon hours upon hours, you know, picking and dissecting and choosing, you know, and, and putting everything together. Thankfully, uh, there's another club in this state, you know, that, you know, um, assisted us and said, hey, you know, you can take and leave whatever you would like from Um. these, you know, these are, these are public knowledge, you can use these and you can change them and you can, you know, do whatever you like with them, you know, that's cool. And so, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We did some of that, but we made it, you know, um, for Cheyenne, you know, for Cheyenne. And that, that has been what, two year project? Of, like, actually starting to meet and starting to kind of develop the bylaws. and, and Yeah, we started meeting and forming the board in June of 2017. Wow. And we just opened the doors April 15th of yeah. 2019. And things seem to be going well there. Yeah. My home so group far, does a meeting yeah. there on Wednesdays. And yeah. Yeah, like, other than my group not attending right now, <laughs> it seems like it's going well, man. So yeah. that's awesome. That's a huge commitment. And, and you had, a like, a vision for what that was, right? Is that kind of, and this came off of, you can do it better than me, but you kind of had a vision of like multiple meetings going on at one place for different fellowships, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, you want to have like a fellowship area where people can hang out all day, Mm -hmm. you know, and play pool or play ping pong and drink coffee and sodas and candies or whatever, you know? Yeah. And not be able to shut that down and have a meeting of a 12-step program here and another meeting in another room at the same time with another 12-step program right. and a third room, you know, for another meeting, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we found that. Yeah. Know, it just came. We took a big leap of faith in opening the doors, you right. know, and yeah. uh, it's been holding its own. Right. You know, so far, it's been holding its own yeah. pretty well. That's and, awesome. And other cool stuff, like you had a um, doctor there the other day helping people out that couldn't afford to go to the doctor yeah there was i wasn't able to attend that i had a prior obligation right but uh we had um it was uh um they were doing uh uh, blood pressure tests you know things like that checkups and uh um, come talk to the doctor if anything was going on and it was all free yeah all free that's awesome not just alano club and its members but to the public yeah it was all free yeah that's incredible yeah so and you said like you don't have to be anybody can be a member so like we have a lot of local listens and stuff like that so if like somebody was listening to this and maybe they had a friend or a family member that was struggling with addiction or alcoholism so this is like finding a place in their heart and they you know want to make sure that this place is open you know if their loved one ever decides to go um they could just they could come down and become a member or they can you know donate financially if they want to absolutely how so if somebody's interested in doing that that's out there listening or just you know, doesn't know, and they're like, "Hey, this place sounds great. I'd I'd really like them to succeed." And it sounds like they could use a little money or or whatever. Like, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they can uh, look us up on Facebook 
at, at Cheyenne Alano Club. Okay. Or we have uh, our website is www.cheyennealanoclub.org, A-L-A-N-O. Cool. And they can go, or they can come down to 1904 East 15th Street and walk right through the door. Hell cool. yeah. Yep. And, yeah. Yep, everybody's welcome. Nice. Yep. That's awesome, man. Um, I We're getting about towards the end. I just wanted to say thanks for being a part of this, trying to plan three of our schedules with oh, yeah. busy individuals. <laughs> I, believe it or not, I got called in. Did you? Last night <laughs> yeah. to go to work. Yeah. And, oh, shit. Uh, I hope nobody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And today, too. Right. And Damn. I was like, I probably have prior obligations. Yeah. I, can't, I can't come in tonight. Right on. Yeah. I was making ribs, and I had to be here. Yeah. So. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you. Yeah, we've been yeah. had this in the works since Charlene, which was like a month or so ago. We were like, we got to get Gus. We got to get Gus. Right. You, you're busy. You're busy. I'm busy. So... Thank you for finding time and meeting with us on a Friday night to get this thing done. So yeah, yeah, I really appreciate you. it. I yeah. appreciate it, man. Yeah. Awesome. Aaron, plug our shit before we get oh, out of here. Oh, we have an email. It's uh, recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, dude. We have an Instagram page that we sometimes, Kyle's pretty good at using it. It's um, I'm the only one that uses it. Yeah. It's uh, what, at Recovered it's, AF Podcast yep. on Instagram. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you can reach out to us. Gus, do you want to say that website one more time before we get out of here for the Alano Club? Yeah, it's www.cheyennealanoclub.org. Awesome. Right on, man. Cool. Thank you again. Thank you. I Thanks appreciate it. Me.